0: This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 70. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts... Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick and I'm joined by my co-host Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. What is shaking, Lisa?
1: Nothing. I don't shake things.
0: You don't shake things. I don't shake
1: (laughs) things. Oh wait, no, I shake nail polish. We have the stupidest intros because of me. You know that, right?
0: Because of you, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say go the with dumbest that. stuff. <laughs> I'll incriminate myself though in that as well. Okay. All right. Well, this is the show about colored pencil, where every day is a holiday in your ears. So, Lisa, what are we talking <laughs> oh, about? Oh gosh. Today? Okay. Now
1: you're you you are now included in the stupid intros. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. And you you told me that one. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good try. <laughs>
0: So, Lisa, what are we talking about today?
1: We have sixteen. You know, we were going to go for fifteen, but we're artists. We can't follow rules. That's we right. have sixteen <laughs> myths have to
0: follow rules.
1: <laughs> sixteen myths like that artists often believe.
0: This will be fun because I, I'm going to throw myself in here as well. These are some myths that I've long had as well. So I'm not. I'm not pointing any fingers at anyone else. That I'm not pointing at myself. Number one, I think one of the big myths that we like to tell ourselves as artists especially in starting out is well i'm not good enough yet and if i get good enough whatever that means we can fill in you know pour in meaning into those words then then i'll be successful and then i'll start learning marketing and then i'll start selling and then i'll start doing fill in the blank whatever it is if you're wanting to become professional in your uh, art career and then you think you'll add all these things later on i think that that's a myth because what we should be doing is trying to do a balance of several of these things, mostly at the same time and building a body of work while we're working on our marketing and other things as well.
1: Absolutely. I did that about, I want to say it was about 10 years ago. I had this sort of epiphany where I realized if I spent a lot more time, I mean, four times longer on my Mm -hmm. work, it was going to be a lot better. So I then... felt like I needed to start from scratch on building that body of work. And now that I've got better work, once I get 20 more pieces, once I get 100 more pieces, then I'm going to start going to galleries. Then I'm going to start trying to get my work out there a bit more besides just on the internet. And it was a mistake. That was really dumb. I should have been hitting these places up from the beginning as soon. I mean, I had already been an artist for 10 years at this point. So me deciding, okay, I'm changing how I'm working. I'm going to make it even better. You know what? I still could have been. My old stuff wasn't bad. It was just slightly different. So why 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 wait why not start doing all of this now and that is one of those things that i definitely regret i could have been doing youtube at the time i could have been doing everything why am i waiting i then got a late start because of that decision number 2 if i keep reading books watching tutorials taking classes and workshops one day i will be successful and know enough to have some kind of breakthrough
0: Yeah, that, you know, that this one I think is a big myth because there's something in our minds that just says, oh, I'm not good enough yet. It's really what it is, you know, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to this workshop. I'm going to join this group. I'm going to read this book, and I've got 20 books on the subject, you know. It's more like, you know, this uh, the professional college student who never really gets a a job anywhere, but they become, you know, this 20 degree person with four doctorates in whatever it is. They can't get a job anywhere because all they've done is study everything. And at some point, we just have to push past that comfort zone of saying, oh, I got to learn this. I got to learn that before I'm, you know, ready. And, and just to
1: be clear, it's not that it's bad to do those things. No, Classes it's good. And tutorials. And these it's are good. Great. Do that along with your work. Keep painting and drawing. I mean, don't think, I'm just going to watch all of this. I'm going to take all of these classes, but I'm not going to create anything. You need to be creating at the same time. Besides that, if you're creating at the same time, you are going to be learning from all of these classes and tutorials and books a lot faster anyway.
0: Yeah, and you step out of your comfort zone and you start relying on your own judgment, making your own decisions about things and not looking at a book and tutorials and online classes and deciding things that someone else, another artist told you to do. You start trusting yourself more. Number three. So if I research what is real hot right now, what's really selling really well, and what buyers, art buyers are really interested in and purchasing right now, then I'll become very rich and selling my own art because I'm going to copy uh, this particular style and I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to I'm going to paint what sells and draw what sells. That that one I think is a huge mistake because number one, your heart isn't going to be in it. You're not really going to be enjoying yourself. And pretty much the reason why you're becoming an artist anyway, why you are an artist, is because you enjoy creating your art. Whatever it is that you like in particular, whatever subject, whatever style. And so if you try to cater to a market, you're going to be unhappy. It'll show in your work, I believe. And that's a moving target anyway, whatever is hot and whatever is selling.
1: Well, what's worse, too, is then you are also one in a million you're not you're not not separating yourself make your style the thing with art is you want to create your own style you want there to be something unique about you yeah there's going to be someone else who creates whatever style we go for but if you're creating the same thing that thousands of other artists are creating it's really hard to make yourself stand out from that you don't need to appeal to everybody you don't need everybody to purchase from you you need to find your target audience I mean how much artwork can you really create a week do you need to sell more than one or two pieces or I mean well it depends on how long you spend on your pieces but let's say you want to sell one piece a week that's four people that you don't need to mm-hmm. appeal to the millions you need to find those four people and we'll come back into the marketing later but the, you don't you get lost in the crowd it's very similar we see this with dog shows there are certain breeds that it is hard to show dobermans Golden Retrievers, breeds that are very popular, that there may be 40 or 50, 60 entries in any given show versus a breed like mine, the Italian Greyhounds. If you guys don't know, I used to show my my studio assistants. But with Italian Greyhounds, you've only got maybe 10 other dogs in the ring with you. That's a big difference from 40 or 60. So I've got a much higher chance of right. winning than I do with if I'm lost in the crowd of 60 other Dobermans. So and art is very similar Mm-hmm. on a larger scale but if you're just trying to do with what's popular that doesn't mean that you're going to be more likely to sell it
0: right and people are, are attracted to you as the artist too and so yeah. you have to tell the story through your art as well
1: number four i am too creative and right brain to worry about my finances and track if i'm being profitable
0: Yeah, I think this is a big one because it's easy to to think, oh, I'm still in startup mode or, you know, I don't have to track. This is sort of just a hobby type of work right now. I don't really have to worry about that right now. If you are serious, if you're not doing it as a hobby and you do want to earn an income on your art, then I I think you need to treat it as a business and you need to track finances and you need to engage that left brain. I don't really believe in the right brain, left brain um, separation anyway, but you have to. Uh, you know, roll up the sleeves and do the hard work of tracking your finances, just like you do in anything else. You have to say to yourself, okay, is this working right now for me in my business, or do I need to pivot? Do I need to change what I'm doing? Do I need to do something else? Maybe I need to teach. Maybe I need to do workshops. Maybe I need to sell prints uh, instead of just trying to sell my originals. Whatever it is, just look objectively at the reality of what is going on in our business and don't tell ourselves a story instead, a fairy tale instead, about what's going on. Okay, number five, I'll create art when I feel like it. And if I don't feel like drawing or painting, then it doesn't do me any good anyway to go to the easel or to go sit down at the drawing desk because I won't get anything done anyway or it'll look terrible or my heart just won't be in it, you know, the spirit and the moons aren't lined just right. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a myth. No, and it's a terrible myth, thing to, to believe if you're trying to make a living this way. What, there, entrepreneurs, will there's a lot of different mm-hmm. sayings out there, but one of my favorites is, as artists, you you get into this idea of I can work whenever I want. Sure, you absolutely can. You can work any 12 hours a day that you like. Right. I can sleep until noon. I've had a, a friend of mine. I'm helping him. Actually, it was the, my old band leader. And he was saying or he was so excited because I said, yeah, I just woke up when we were having one of our meetings. And he's like, oh, I can't wait for that. I'm like, what, you can't wait till working till five in the morning and not having days off? And he's like, oh, well, not that part. Yeah, it all goes together. <laughs> yeah, you're going right. to put in the hours. Like, you have to get go and sit down and make yourself work. Yeah, right. there are days that I may kind of push it off and I'm like, I really cannot work right now. But those are few and far between. You do yeah. not want to get in that habit of wanting the moons aligned and everything has to right. be perfect in order for you to work. If you're trying to make it this as you're living, you're, you're just not going to make it.
0: Yes, and you do have to have some sort of internal motivation or drive that's propelling you forward. You have to want to achieve those goals, and it has to be something comes from within you. No one's going to be hanging over your shoulder um, making you do the work. And, you know, maybe that comes easily for some and not for others. And so you may need to get a mastermind formed to help you stay accountable, or you may want to get an art support group to help in that regard.
1: Number six, I'm getting a lot done by reorganizing my pencils or redoing the colors in my logo, writing my blog, going on Facebook and looking at artwork. (laughs) All of these things. That means I'm productive.
0: (laughs) It's avoidance is what it is. It's trying to avoid what you know you should be doing. Looking at cat videos on Facebook or getting lost in all the artwork that you're looking at, you know, I think that's just a way of avoiding what you know you should be doing.
1: Yeah, and it's not that you may not need to get your logo redesigned. If you need to, great, but don't get hung up on it and spend the next two weeks doing so. Yeah, you
0: know, but here's the thing also. Sometimes we tell ourselves that, oh, I – I really got to get this. This is important. This this is about my brand or this is important because this uh, this is marketing. I I got to go on Instagram or I I need to do my um, Snapchat. You know, this is uh, part of my brand. I, I got to do this. Got to reach out. And we can tell ourselves those stories. And sometimes you do. You we're do avoiding need to do things.
1: those things. Yeah, you but do.
0: But sometimes it's because that? it's easier and yeah. because we're trying to avoid what we know we should be doing. Yeah. So if you're just not getting, getting caught your caught in other in work track. done
1: because of it, then you know you need to reevaluate what you're doing. It's not. Yeah. I mean, all of these things do need to be done. But one thing that you may want to do is make a list of priorities, of things that Mm -hmm. you need to get done. Is reorganizing your pencils actually on that list? Because really, that should probably not take you more than five, ten minutes max. I mean, a lot of these things shouldn't take you that long, so it shouldn't be something that you focus an entire day on.
0: Or months like me getting my YouTube channel started.
1: (laughs) All right, let's move
0: along here. (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, anyway, I need my bumper video to be just right. Okay. Oh okay so we're kind of bleeding bleeding into the next one. I I don't have to plan or prioritize anything because I'm an artist and I'm just creative and the work will get done when I'm in the mood and it'll all work out because I I love doing this job. I I love being creative and so it'll work out. Yeah. And I think we kind of talked about that just a little bit, but we I mean did. that is but it, that 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 has to do with Goal setting and prioritizing. You've got
1: a business side being of things. Organized. This isn't just about yep. having fun. The, if this is what if it's your hobby and if you're listening right now and you are your goal is just to have fun, that is totally fine. I don't want to make it sound like this. This, oh, this right. podcast, we're focused a little bit more on those who are trying to make a living on their art. Right. So just want to throw that out there. Don't feel like you're somehow lesser than if you're not doing any of this. Absolutely. You're not. It's just depends on your goals. But if you're not prioritizing, if you are trying to make a living with this, if you are not figuring out what you need to do and getting the business side, getting, unfortunately, we can't just sit in our studio and paint all day. Every single artist will tell you that's what they want. It's not possible if you want to make a living on this. Number eight, this one's one of my favorite myths. I just need to be discovered to be successful. We've seen this yeah, so much big... on like back in the 90s where that's how musicians got discovered. They got played on, on MTV and their career was set. Even for musicians nowadays, it doesn't work that way. There's so much more. Being discovered is – that's not it, – it doesn't exist. It's a fairy tale. I have an artist friend who's a musician. He was on The Voice. He's still struggling to really make it at make a living at this. Just because he was on The Voice, he was in front of millions of people. He did very well, and it's he's not some world class, you know, some famous musician some anymore. Famous he still musician. has yeah. to work at all of right. the same things the rest of us do. There's no such thing as just being discovered and instantly being famous. So much more goes into it.
0: Well, and it, it kind of reminds me, I've, I've known more than one uh, instance of this occurrence happening now, where somebody will have, you know, a, a YouTube video shared a whole lot or a Facebook uh, video or post shared a whole lot. And all of a sudden, there's a million or more views on one particular video or post, um, some pictures that they've done. And I'm thinking of somebody in particular uh, right now, but I've known of other stories in the past. And you talk to these people and they're like, yeah, that helped for just a little bit. Yeah, and exactly. I still, and it I was, know you know, it was like a flash, it was a flash in the pan. They still have to work at it, Yeah, improve their skills and work out what needs to be done.
1: And you'll get a lot of people giving you bad advice on this. I can't tell you how many well-meaning friends have told me you just need a video to go viral. Yeah, you know, yeah. Those don't do that that's much the, good. The they problem. really don't. I know of a lot of people who have had videos go viral or they even got on the news. They got their stuff yeah. in front of people and it's not that their stuff wasn't good enough. It's that that's not how you make it. You need to continuously work. You're not going to put all your eggs in that that I'm going to get discovered basket because it's not going to pan out for you. You a lot of us who are are Professional artists, we have to teach. We write books. But, you know, making videos, there's a lot involved. Selling prints, selling originals at different locations. There's so much involved. Getting discovered isn't something that you can sit around and wait for because it's not going to happen.
0: All right. Next, the starving artist myth. I can't make money until I'm dead. Isn't that the way it works? So I'll just continue making my art and poor me, I'm going to wear the long face. But after I'm dead, I'll be discovered and somebody will really make me famous.
1: This one is one of my biggest pet peeves, I think. It drives me crazy when I see artists whine about this crap.
0: Right. Now, I mean, outside of Monet, I mean, there were back several, you know, 100, 100 and and 300 years ago that, you know, that did occur. But the the playing field is leveled now and it's so much different. The landscape now is that you can market and you can do it yourself and you can become better at marketing yourself. There's so many more opportunities and outlets than we've ever had in any epoch of time that any artist has ever lived. And so it's exciting to be an artist in this particular time that we live in. And so we can take advantage of all these new channels. It's awesome.
1: I've an artist who is so good and he's he whines a lot and he's constantly complaining, I'm never going to be famous. No one's, it's not possible until I'm dead. And he, I know that's not going to happen until I'm dead. Okay, first off, just side note, don't do that. It makes everyone uncomfortable. Don't be whiny online. People don't want to be dragged down. If you feel like that, great. Talk to your personal friends and family. Um, sure. Get it out. But it's just not true. It's it's kind of, it reminds me of the girls that do the whole, I'm not pretty enough just so that somebody will tell them they're pretty.
0: Fishing don't, compliments. Yeah, yeah, don't
1: do that. But anyway, with this sort of thing, it drives me insane. And I, it's not just this person. I mean, I see it all over the place where people think you can't make it as an artist. You can. You have to learn how to Market. You and you, you guys notice that we keep coming back to the importance of marketing. It is just so That's how you're going to do this. This is how you're going to make this happen. You may not be as famous as Van Gogh. Everyone thinks they're going to do the Van Gogh, the Picasso. It may or may not happen, but that doesn't mean you can't make a name for yourself, that you can't be successful, that you can't make a good living. You just have to learn how to do it. And sitting sitting back and whining that, oh, it's not possible, artists don't make that, it's not true. The artists who learn business and marketing do quite well.
0: Well, speaking of marketing, we've got another one here. <laughs> build it, build a website, or paint it, or draw it, or whatever, and they will come. Otherwise known as, I don't need to market.
1: Yeah, no, and the, the same, we've talked about that with web design. You can make the most awesome website, people aren't going to flood in. I remember thinking that when it was in the late 90s. If I made a website, I was going to make so much money selling my paintings on it. Yeah, First off, I'm aging myself, so yay. The second thing there is, no, it it doesn't happen. It's just not the way it works. You've got to get your name out there. Does that mean doing guest blog posts on somebody else's blog? Writing? I've done that. I've written on other blogs. Um... YouTube. YouTube is great because of the their search engine functions and capabilities mm. and how you'll come up that way. But you have to market it. You have to get it out there on social media. Same thing with your paintings. You can paint the most amazing, amazing work. And if you don't market it, no one's going to find it.
0: Yeah. You've got to do some things that are just, just uncomfortable at the beginning.
1: And you're going to, a lot of people will say too, well, I'm just not good at that. None of us were.
0: Then you None can get of, better. Yeah, you, you, you work it. on it.
1: I wasn't. That's why it took me so long to get to this point. I didn't I didn't understand these concepts. And now there's not a good reason for it because there's so many free content, free blogs, free videos teaching you how to do this and you just need to put the effort into it.
0: And you know, and it's not all online either. I mean, we can we can also say the same things about if we wanted to take it in this direction. Well, if I get into that show, if I get into that gallery, if, if I start doing this workshop or whatever it is in a you know a physical space, then everyone will flood into my particular thing, and this venue will be just right for me or whatever it is. The same thing is true. You have to physically then market yourself.
1: Number 11, and John is not listing off numbers, so you're just going to have to trust me that we're really on 11 right now. If I'm creating my art in my studio all day, then I'll never have to do anything difficult and life will be easy from then on.
0: It, it goes back to that type of idea where, you know, if you work on the things you love, then you'll never work another day in your life. You know, that kind of thing where that little myth that I don't know, maybe some people do believe that, but it's kind of like saying, you know, what well, people that work on things that they love and people that have jobs that they love their job, then they don't really feel like they're working, right? No, you <laughs> yes, still have difficult things that you're doing and nobody and no one that I know of absolutely loves every single every task that they do no matter what the job is no matter how much they love it there's there are always things that you're going to do that you're not going to love as much as some other tasks that you do in your job
1: and even if it is your favorite part even if it it does come just down to the painting and drawing portion trust me there are days i don't want to do it i love painting and drawing and it's not something i would ever 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 want to give up But there are days I don't want to do it, but I still have to sit down and make myself do it.
0: Yeah, it's weird because I'm, I don't, maybe I've told you this, I don't know, but I'm, I'm an introvert and I like to be by myself a lot, but I've got this other side of me that if I am by myself a whole lot, then I start getting really down, (laughs) so I recognize that I do need other people. I need to be around other people, you know. And so I I push myself sometimes to be more social than I have to be. So anyway, um, you can send me a bill for the therapy, but that's kind of true. And if you guys don't
1: know this, John actually does have a degree in psychology.
0: Number 12, tracing is cheating. And so I really can't call myself an artist
1: yet. no. Just know tracing is a tool using I mean, and there are people who go using an eraser is cheating using a pencil to draw your work first with is cheating. There's always going to be someone who tells you something is cheating. You know what? You can't cheat in art. It's the nature of art. There is no way to cheat except if you're copying somebody else's work and you're not making your own. stuff. I mean, if you're violating copyright and that sort of thing, I would I would count that as it's
0: it's interesting because I just got an email this past week from a lady who who talked to me about how I love it that uh, you do not trace and went on and on about how bad tracing is and she said what do the masters do they they didn't trace they practiced 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 i was like that is hilarious because yeah of course they practiced 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 and it doesn't mean that you trace you don't practice the masters used aids and helps that were available to them we know they used a camera obscura before there were cameras they were using this projections on the walls with lenses with glass Those were the precursors to cameras. Hello. Yeah. And so it's just so funny to me how we can get something in our head, you know, maybe we learned that in childhood or whatever, maybe an art teacher in grade school or whatever it is, but we just kind of have to, especially if we're realists, if we work in realism or uh, representational art, then we have to get that out of our head and we have to realize that sometimes that is the correct tool or method to get something done. Correctly. And
1: here's the thing. People who are so against tracing don't understand what it can and cannot do for you. They are not people with experience in tracing or not tracing. I have been teaching for about 17 years now. That number could be higher. I don't know. I've keep, I've probably been saying 17 years for a few years. I thought years, it was though, like 50 <laughs> yeah, um, thanks. But <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, I've got a lot of experience with this. Trust me, the, art, the students who were willing to trace things learned to draw faster than those who wanted to only freehand. If you freehand something incorrectly over and over and over again, hopefully you start to improve. The students who traced over and over again and then freehanded it, they they trained their brain to see things correctly. You're teaching yourself to see things as it really is, not how you think it is. For right. some reason, we always have in our head, I know what an eye looks like, I know what a nose looks like, and we drop I know what, what we
0: a think circle it looks like. Yeah. You know, I know what a ball looks like. I know and what it a circle out,
1: looks like. Chances are we probably don't, and it's not going to be the same. No. Tracing is teaching yourself to do it correctly. The goal is not that you have to always trace. That is not your goal. Your goal is that it helps you to, to, to learn better. And then for those of us who can freehand just fine, it is a time saver. Nothing more, nothing yeah. less. It saves so much so much saves, time
0: saves a lot of time but it just improves accuracy especially if you're doing portraits mm-hmm. and if you're doing commissions in particular you want it a to, very
1: well-known airbrush artist it who look, had told right. me once if someone asked him about that and his response was if someone's going to pay me five thousand dollars to paint their kid it had better look like their kid better look like their projector. kid
0: yeah and the thing is i mean i i can freehand but it that takes me less time than the shading anyway and so i'm going to spend most of my time and that's where most of my enjoyment is actually on the shading and the very last parts of of doing a, a portrait so
1: and it doesn't do the work for you. If you no. can't draw and you trace something it shows in your finished work, you're gonna yep. learn from it and you're gonna learn more than if you freehanded it incorrectly and then shaded that. but it does show it's not like this instant win button. that's my big I always tell people this does not mean you instantly are a professional right. artist. It's a tool. It's not gonna do the work for you right. Number 13, I'm an artist so I don't need to hire a professional to help me with my logo or designing my website.
0: Yeah, this is a big myth that I, I hear a lot. And it just, honestly just makes me want to throw up in my mouth just a little bit. Um Thanks for that visual. Um, yeah, thank, you're welcome. But it's because I see the websites of the people that say, oh, I can do that. So oh, I'm an artist. I can do that. I can handle that. You know, it's like, okay, but you're not, you do not have a degree in UI, UX, web design. I mean, you're not a user experience or web designer. And it painfully, it shows. Yeah. And so I'm not going to sit there and pretend like oh because I'm an artist I can, you know, I I can go and and do all these other things that are way outside of way outside of my skill sets. I mean, just go hire a professional who does do that really well and you'll save a lot of time and money just hiring someone to do it right for you from the very beginning. There's no shame in that. I mean, we can't all be experts at everything. But For some reason, I don't know what it is. A lot of artists think, oh, I can just do this. Now, I'm also not giving anyone a pass if they do have enough skills to... Don't misunderstand me here. I do have some skills in web design. But designing a website, setting up a back end on a website, and doing things that are more technical is so different from maintaining your website and being able to upload your own images I think that we should be doing I we're doing our own website because it makes me cringe when I hear people paying $40 to upload an image to your own website. Just so you constantly
1: an expert. Study it, right, understand right. design. And
0: it's not difficult now. There's so many uh helps and there's just so many uh, CMSs content it's one management systems. The reasons systems I like WordPress so much it.
1: because you can just download a theme and Yeah. You've got something somebody who was yeah, professional designed so nice. a theme for you, and now you just have to drag and drop your images into that where you need them.
0: And then if there's particular things that you want to add to your website, some functionality, some different things you want to be able, be able to accomplish, all you got to do is add a plug. You're good to go.
1: Yeah, you can you can learn to do it, but don't think that you're an expert, and most it's so funny. If you want to see a lot of really good examples of what not to do on web design, Look at artists' websites. They're some of the worst.
0: Artists' websites—they really are some
1: of the worst. Um, yeah, and Especially those who on... are using WordPress, I think they tend to look the best because, again, you yeah. can use a theme that does a lot of that for you. A lot of the design function—that's yeah. what I'm using. My best website ever is because I've got a nice theme.
0: But especially on the user uh, interface design, I mean that that is just absolutely horrible sometimes. And they they use the excuse artists. I'm talking about will use the excuse. Oh well, I want it to be creative. Yeah, I want it to be this own entity, this own little ecosystem they enter into here. And it's like, no, don't do that. You're they're just an confusing like everybody.
1: Creative. Yeah.
0: Number 14. This is just my style. I don't need to improve my skills because that, that's just the way I draw. I don't I, no it's not because I don't know how to draw a nose. it's because that's my style. I, I do them that way. I guess I' using poor grammar or something, which I'm really good at, as Lisa can attest to. I'll be the, I'll be the. I used to say I'd be the first person to tell you I'm bad at grammar, but now I'm the second. I think Lisa's yeah, the, the first, first person to tell. Tell John, you need to re-say that, that.
1: Your your southern accent just came yeah. through again.
0: Right. So anyway, yeah. I mean, it's just it's the same thing. Instead of trying to learn, trying to be a constant learner, trying to improve, it's the same thing in art. When someone looks at our work, they should be able to see some noticeable progress in our work throughout time.
1: I think the important thing there is to know what your goals are. If your goal was initially realism, but you kept failing at it, so you just started saying, "Eh, it's my style, that's what I'm going with, that's when it's wrong. Now, if you're doing something intentionally stylized, I know an amazing artist who primarily, I usually see her working in colored pencil, she draws sugar gliders are her main subject. And they're very stylized. She can draw them realistic. She likes them more stylized and they're gorgeous. I love, love her work. But it's being done that way intentionally, not because she can't do it realistically, trailers. because she's deciding that they're like the little flying squirrels, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah. I they're the
1: cutest things ever.
0: They taste great.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Number 15. I will always just draw flowers or whatever instead of trying to grow and challenge myself. Oh, this is a good one.
0: Yeah. And you see people doing that. First of all, if that were me, I would be so bored out of my gourd. If I was having to draw and I knew that was my lot in life, I was only going to draw what I uh, made my wheelhouse on, you know, whatever uh, got me from here to there. And that's it. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to improve. I'm not going to try anything else. I'm not going to reach out and, you know, challenge myself anymore. Ugh. Give me a bullet.
1: I know. I see this with a couple of different artists um, on Facebook who have a tendency to do this. I'm only a marine artist. I'm only a this. Now, if that's your love and that is your passion, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't limit yourself Says to that because you. no, I'm I kidding. mean, it's, it. It's I did that fine, for a long time. It's I just only- like. You yeah.
0: Only did orcas. Is yeah, exactly.
1: It <laughs> I only did marine life. I, I specialized in marine life. And then slowly I started realizing I did other things. But I also yeah. didn't run around telling people, this is all I'll ever do. I'm never drawing anything else. Yeah. I don't know that boxing yourself in that much is a really good idea. Try something else because you might be surprised how much you love it and how much you can grow from it and then apply that back to your flowers or whatever else. I mean, it. if you do more things, you can do more things. That's a big deal. Yeah.
0: That was profound, Lisa.
1: I know. And it it, it makes sense, though.
0: (laughs) It does. It does. (laughs) I think you should say it again. Okay, number 16.
1: Don't test me. I will.
0: I can't tell anyone my idea because if I tell someone, they might steal it. So I'm not even going to execute on it because I can't can't let anybody know about it. That's usually what happens. They just sit on their idea. Maybe it's a body of work. Maybe it's I I don't know, whatever it is. But they think, you know, I've got this, the best idea ever and they never do anything. Well, here's the thing. Ideas are worthless. Execution is everything. And chances are if you've already thought of something, someone else has already thought of it too. I mean, we're we're not just so brilliant that we're the only person that's thought of it. I mean, how many times do you go to, the, to a store and you look down, I don't know, the toy aisle or the game aisle or whatever it is, and you're like, I thought of that, or I, I could have done that, or whatever. My you know?
1: husband did that Happens this. all the time. Years and years ago. Now, my husband's original goal, when I met him, if I tell you how many years, I'm really aging myself, um, when we first met, his 40. goal, he wanted to be a comic book art- artist, and he's amazing. His perspective, the way he can make things look three-dimensional just quickly, and he is fast at drawing. It's bizarre to me to watch him work because my brain just doesn't work the way his does with how he draws. It's very, very good. Well, years before I met him, he had drawn something. He had taken it with him to a Comic-Con and showed another artist. And the artist is like, wow, that's really good. Well, soon after he saw a similar character in a book. Does that mean the artist copied him? No, it may have inspired his idea. And if he did, that's cool. But no. And so Matt, for years, has done the well, I can't post that online. I can't do this or that. Someone will steal it. What difference does it make? It's not being done at all right now. Like, I mean, you do have copyright laws in place, so no one's going to copy it exactly. But anything, any, yeah, like what John said, any idea you have, somebody else has had it or a similar
0: one. Yeah, chances are, yeah.
1: And people will do that too. They don't want to post their artwork online because they're afraid that it's going to be stolen. Very well, right. maybe. But, I mean, there are things, and we've talked about that on whether or not to watermark your work and we, you know, pr- trying to protect yourself as much as possible. Right. Yes, it could be stolen, but what difference does it make if no one ever gets to see it because you're so worried about it being stolen?
0: Yeah. Well, as always, the show notes can be found over there at sharpenartist.com slash podcast. And we want to thank you very much for joining us today. If you have some ideas for the show and you want to express those to Lisa or myself, you can email us at podcast at We also have a Q&A page set up, sharpenartist.com slash Q&A. Thank you very much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartists.com.
1: I can work what, what, God, I'm going to say this wrong. Brief. I've been having a hard time today. I had cake for breakfast and I don't normally eat sugar and my brain <laughs> is just like, no. Um,
0: Thanks for that outtake.
1: <laughs> my brain can't function on sugar. Um <laughs>
0: Okay, number five.
1: This is so <laughs> We're odd, having a hard time, why. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess because we... And, that, and that's good. I think this crosstalk is good, though. Yeah, yeah, let's... Uh, also, no, don't we include just, me cackling right that
1: bad because that is going to sound horribly that's shrill. G- <laughs> do not include that as your outtake. We've got enough.
0: <laughs> Are you serious? You've oh. got so
1: many good outtakes.
0: <laughs> okay, all right, fine. <laughs>
1: People I, already complained I'm about gonna my put, voice, I'm and that put one was that bad. Is,
0: I'm going to put that in the outtake. You say it. Do not include that. Uh, All right.
1: Uh, There's an artist that I follow. He's very, very good. That is weird. But No, I know an artist who I've, there's an, let me start that again. (laughs) Um, Number 15. 15.
0: Okay. Number, oh, that's yours. Go ahead.
1: Stop trying to take my numbers. (laughs) You already skipped one. I used to be the even numbers and ended up odd because of you.
0: Because of me, okay.
1: <laughs> you took two in a row.
0: Uh-huh, whatever. That's okay, right. I'm
1: just going to keep talking over you, so that yeah. makes up for it.
0: You know what, we're not going to be at 20. Just call this one 17 or 18 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're skipping some, we can just add some.
1: Okay, is the next one mine? Sorry, I was taking yeah, a drink, yeah. and then what were we on? No, it's fine, uh, number four. Three, four. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> like, what are you waiting on?